I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just when you think you've got this game worked out, you've lined your trades up, everything's going to plan for round 13, Teamless Tuesday drops some absolute bombs. And who better to join me, JT, here with uh, all the mail and all the goings-on of a huge day in the NRL and Supercoach, Adam Stilesy Styles, the mailman. How are you, champ? Yeah, good, mate. Um, thanks for having me on for the first buy-round podcast of uh, 2020. <laughs> so, what... Is it normally what twelve to fourteen players is par for the course for one of these? So let's see. Oh, it's a big, it's a big moving week if you've got twelve or fourteen. <laughs> what a disaster! Oh man, it's unreal. Um, yeah, like we sort of knew coming into this week that you know the Cam Smiths and the like were out, but all of a sudden it's just players dropping like flies and and out of nowhere, Harry Grant gone. Um, Bradman Best, we were worried. We're still not sure whether he'll be out for the season. We'll probably get into a bit of mail later on, but um, he's gone as well. People are just scrambling to find players. If you've got CS9 and Harry Grant, what are you doing? Yep, I'm in that exact boat, so uh, it's looking like a hooker-free round unless I uh, move and groove on on that trade front there. But I, I'm just scrambling to see who's even left in my side at this stage, let alone what, what trades I'm going to make. Oh, I love it. It really opens up the comp. Everything was getting a bit too close. Teams are looking too similar. So um, I guess that's me just talking in an okay position. <laughs> I'm not scrambling. A position of strength. <laughs> that's it. I'm, I'm, I've been very lucky as we'll get to uh, throughout this season. So no, I'm loving it. It's uh, yeah, chaos, carnage, all of it. A um, lot to talk about tonight. Going around the grounds, we'll see where you and I are sitting. And Kirk Upwatch, of course, the uh, the guru site founder, see where Nick is sitting at the moment. Uh, we'll talk about our best and worst trades or worst calls so far this season, just to get a, a bit of a flavour on how our, our years have gone, uh, what we've done good, what we've done badly. Uh, talk about all the team list Tuesday news. We'll split it up this week as well. We'll look at players that have been injured, players that have been dropped. Um, yeah, falling out of favour. A couple of guys in there, big names. Uh, some interesting shuffling around of the bench and the starting side. And then which players are returning? Um, spoiler alert, white lightning. Michael Morgan <laughs> is back. Stop the presses. Cowboys are coming back. Uh, big Morgo. If his uh, wife holds on and doesn't give birth before the game, he'll be <laughs> fronting up for the first time in many, many months. I can't wait down on the Gold Coast. So anyone looking for an early trade call, there's your boy. White Lightning Michael Morgan, he's back. Uh, we'll dive in after that to talk about some of the bigger trade issues of this week. So obviously the Cam Smith dilemma. So what are people doing if you do own him? Uh, scrambling now, obviously, with Harry Grant gone as well. So very interesting 
decisions to be made. Bradman Best, we mentioned, he looks like he's gone for the year. So what do we do with him? And then a couple on the Rage Trade radar. So having a look at the top 10 trade outs this week, there's a couple of guys in there who have underperformed recently and have been given the flick. We'll chat about whether we think that's a good idea or not. Um, and then, yeah, we'll finish with our best bet segment of the year and anything else uh, that comes to mind. So plenty to talk about, Stasi. Let's get into it. Um, round the grounds. How are your boys going in Supercoach Classic, mate? I think last time you were here, you had um, struggled a little bit coming out of COVID, but looking at this ranking here, it looks like you've clawed your way back a little. Yeah, we've clawed back a bit of pride since I was last on. I, th- I think the the few weeks ago, I was I was languishing around the uh, the twenty or thirty thousand. So um, I've I've straightened this ship a bit. I'm I'm sitting just above ten thousandth. So. Uh, we've been chipping away at those ranks. Hopefully, uh, this week, uh, team <laughs> team numbers pending, I can get back into the four digits. But definitely could be better. But uh, has certainly been worse this year. No, it's not a bad thing. It just shows how how quickly you can climb the ladder. Um, you know, you got Wenon and and um, Lakey down there. Wilf as well in the thirty thousandth. But within a couple of a weeks, they can be uh, right where you are. And and I guess that's the goal for you, is it? heading in is there a, a target you've got in mind or are you moving more to head to heads like what's your what's your strategy uh, to see the year out because it's not that long to go thinking about it eight it, weeks yeah it's it's really i mean we knew it was a shortened season but it feels like it's really sneaking up on us like we're already sort of getting into end game mode but uh, my goal is just highest rank possible so i don't really have a bracket for it um i just want to get that uh, as as high up into the uh, digits as I possibly can by end of round 20. That sounds good, mate. Um, still plenty of time to claw your way up, so exciting times. Um, personally doing very oh, so much better than last year. I think by this stage last year I was floating around 15,000. So currently sitting 13... Uh, 1,314th, so very close to that top 1,000. Um, that's definitely the goal for the year. But we all know in the space of a week, I could be sitting basically where you are. So <laughs> hoping this week, though, could be the moving one if you're like me and you've, you've managed to get a bit of luck with some of the teams that have been named and, and avoiding some of the carnage. Um, as a bit of an update as well, we, we mentioned Kirkup. He's flying. He was as high as sixth a couple of rounds ago. Had a couple of pod plays. Uh, Mike Acevo's just not done it for him, particularly last week with that seven-point game. That stung a bit. Shocker. He did climb back up. Oh, it's ordinary. I, I couldn't believe it. I um. I thought he might have gone off injured just checking the scores. But, um, geez, Sevo, after some massive scores, has been a bit of a letdown since then. Uh, but, yeah, Kirkup went from around 70-odd to 68th. So climbing steadily, steadily. Um, still hoping to crack the top 10. So we're riding the wave with him. Good luck to you, Kirkup. And, mate, last time you were on here, you mentioned that you are basically the kiss of death in terms of your draft side. So you were <laughs> rattling off some players that you'd basically killed um putting into your draft side so far this year what have you done recently is there anyone we should be keeping our eye on or have you turned the corner in draft i have more than the bare minimum amount of players at the moment um i will highlight i remember specifically last time i was on the pod you were high up on will hopawati and i said don't do it i've got him in my draft side and i if it Mm. wasn't that round it was the one after uh i got to add him to my uh my discard (laughs) pile there on the bench um no we're looking pretty good i've got bateman back now i've got dave Fafita back this week um harry grant uh unfortunately gone down hoppo is still out um i've made a couple of trades as well so i've actually avoided the madison carnage but 
No, the boys are doing well. We're 11 and 1, so uh, feeling not too bad uh, on the draft side of things this year. Oh, how good. And you've owned Fafida and uh, Bateman since the start of the year, is that right? Yeah, I drafted both of them. Um, obviously, knowing Bateman was going to be out a couple of rounds, but he had that setback. Fafida, I going in, thought, oh, yeah, breakout year, and then uh, we know what happened there. Uh, mm. I've been pretty lucky too. I uh, grabbed uh, Fatal and Mariner off waivers uh, the first week he uh, got that starting edge roll. So he's been able to bolster down that uh, second row for me while these guys uh, get back on the field. No, that's fantastic. I just ask in case you've made some recent trade-ins of those guys. So if you've, you've already uh, run your bad luck through them, so they should be good to go from now on. So Bateman and Fafita, get them in your side going forward. Stasi's draft side isn't a curse anymore, it sounds. How good. I hope well so. Well done, mate. <laughs> well, let's move on to our... Uh, best and worst calls so far this year. So uh, I'll, I'll start with the good. There's There's been quite a, a bit of luck I've had so far this year, but I think the best call I've made has been Tohu Harris right in from the start. So wasn't looking too flash in those first couple of rounds, playing on the edge, not getting much done, hitting 50s or so. Come back from the COVID break and he's playing in the middle, just churning base stats out for fun. Um, he's been an absolute set and forget and, yeah, very, very lucky there to have Big Tohu returning to form, as well as carrying Tino Fasu Malawi on my bench pretty much from the start of the year. So now he's really hotting up. Players are, are bringing him in this week as well. So, yeah, very nice cheapie for me there. So a couple of, couple of very nice calls um, going my way. How about you, mate? What's been your best move so far? I think my best move and, and what probably uh, turned the corner for me in the rankings was uh, bringing Teddy in round five when a lot of people were looking at Turbo versus the Broncos. Uh, that was that sort of fork in the roads moment for that fullback position. And I, I went Teddy, uh, captained him against the Doggies, and we know what happened there. Um, mm. Got him at, I think he was around 750K at the time, so before he really ballooned uh, out, of, out of proportion for a lot of people. So... I think that call's probably been the best so far and the one that uh, straightened the ship a bit for me. I think, um, yeah, well, you've you got to take that sort of luck when you can get it. Um, speaking of bad luck, some of the worst calls. Um, I was trying to think, I haven't had many, I mean, I had a, a disaster of a year last year. I was captaining Morgan and all that sort of business. <laughs> that, that was more of a choice than our bad luck, really. <laughs> uh, it was one of those things that was going to come right eventually, and I think I got one good game out of it, so that'll absolutely do me. There you go. But, um, yeah, 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 this year, I haven't had too much um, go wrong. Picked up Matto a couple of weeks ago, and that's been um, a bit of a downer. He That was the week he got his seven-point HIA-affected game. And again, he's now missed two games in a row. It's just harking back to, was it last year, the year before? Yeah, where he two just years had ago. Every week it was, it was oh, he, he could be right for next week. And like Teamless Tuesday was, yeah, a pain every every week because his name wouldn't show up. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen for him this year. Um, hoping for the best for him. And then on the flip side of owning Tino, it's not playing him when he's been tonning up. So the last couple of weeks against the Broncos and then last week against the Knights scoring three tries in those couple of weeks had him on the NPRs. So, I mean, yeah, it'll, it stings, but I uh, might be playing him this week with all the carnage. So hoping for another barge over from big Tino. But, uh, mate, you've got the floor. Worst calls for you this year. What have, what's, uh, what's gone wrong? So um, to, to, narrow, to narrow the field, uh, there's, there's probably two main ones and, a, and an honourable mention. Um, 
So the first, th this isn't really bad luck or a bad call so much as me just being asleep at the wheel. But uh, we know I famously got timed out trying to bring in uh, Bradman Best that week. He was oh, in the bubble. Yeah. Uh, did my team, my hour before team update, completely forgot the trade, remembered when I heard the boys running onto the paddock. So that ship sailed. And then obviously when I did bring him in, had a few low scores, missed a couple of games, and now he looks like he is done for the season. So not uh, real happy with that there. And the guy I brought in, uh, Tyrell Fui-Mayono, um, not good at all. Uh, he's <laughs> now gone. <laughs> um, but probably probably the main one was I was really down on Isaiah Yo at the start of the year. Like, looking back at him, hadn't really done anything noteworthy up until that point. He had a couple of good games, figured it wasn't sustainable didn't bring him in at that uh, round three tick over uh, when it could have been all happy days. And that sort of really set off this chain reaction of me being one week behind on all these trades because I had to bring him in when I would have had him and been able to bring someone else in. And it, it just set me back a few weeks on players who I kind of couldn't avoid getting in. So that's probably the worst call for me. Um, Honourable mention, uh, starting with Shibasaki over Kurt Mann, though I think uh, Lakey uh, was yep. really down on him and uh, far be it for me to, to chuck him under the bus here, but I, uh, I did <laughs> do it right do at it. the death, uh, buy into buy into the uh, man talk, punt him for Shiba, and that has been absolutely diabolical. So honourable mention there to, uh, to Shibasaki over Kurt Mann. Oh, I've been blaming him for that one for weeks every time he's on this pod, mate. And Kurt Mann has invariably done well during the week. It's all Lakey's fault because he said not to start with him. And who, well, you would, of course, you're going to trust the Knights guy, right? If he's telling you not to go your player, you stay away, right? Never again, hey? Absolutely. <laughs> Lakey's on the never again list with uh, Milford and a couple <laughs> of those boys. Nah, just joking, Lakey. <laughs> I uh, love you, Lakey. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where he is at the moment. He's uh, in in Logan, which is the unfortunately the COVID hotspot of the world. And um, yeah, I mean, you were just telling me off air. You've you've had a bit of ISO luckily over the weekend, and your uh, your fridge, your essential supplies are running a bit low. Have you been able to restock? Yep, I uh, I was able to get out yesterday afternoon, so I went straight to the coals and just bought up. So. The normal shopping day on a Saturday uh, was completely locked down because uh, I was at Garden City at the same time as uh, some unfortunate uh, return travellers from down south, but mm. we won't go into that. Uh, so I had a few days uh, to myself uh, just in the house. So uh, all good, though, on that front now. I'm out and about. Loving it, mate. So you're nice and close to that phone to make sure we get all our mail and also make sure you don't uh, miss the likes of Bradman Best trading <laughs> going for. All <laughs> over still... it on the weekend, all over it. Uh, one of my favourite calls. Well, you're going to be very busy this week having a look at the team list Tuesday carnage and even some of the, the questions you're getting thrown on, on Twitter. It is all happening. There's panic stations. Let's get into it. We won't go this week through uh, game by game, team by team or anything like that. I thought what we would do is just sum it all up. Let's highlight players that are injured, players that have dropped, uh, some shuffle arounds and interesting potential minutes. And then, of course, the returning guns, returning players. Uh, let's start with the injury list. And it's a pretty, oh, it's just growing start? by the day. Well, let's start right at the top here. The Melbourne Storm, Cam Smith. Uh, last week, it must be the first time he's been injured in years, but uh, two weeks, two to three, I think is the, the quote, maybe closer to two, uh, with that shoulder injury replaced by Brandon Smith in the starting side there. So real good chance for B. Smith 
to shine. Uh, that's a fair chunk of uh, salary cap sitting on your sideline there. And then out of nowhere, Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, I was looking at it. The term was rested. Is that right? Yeah, I've seen rested as well. So um, there's a couple of these resteds floating around and a, a couple of them, the commentary on them is they're a bit dubious, but the the official mm. word on him is uh, rested. Um, he's look, he's been up and down, but you'd think it's not a some sort of sinister dropping uh, under the veil of rest. So I think he should be okay. But yeah, Smithy, uh, that's that's a bit of a dagger. Yeah, geez, if you're running, if you've still got Pappy in your in your side as well, and Smith, like that's not a combo you want. And I've got him in draft, actually. Come to think of it, oh no, <laughs> that's a decent um, decent chunk out there. Good old draft. Um, Manly, they've uh, lost Dylan Walker last week, four to six weeks. Poor guy, did not get a lot of time on the field after coming or making his comeback. He's replaced by Kate Cust. Um, so again, another week where DCE can uh, run the show there. If you've got him, that's probably good news for you there. Uh, Lakey's boy, Bradman Best, were well, your boy now. Um, yeah, my boy. I've still got TBA on his ankle. I know he had scans, was it yesterday, late yesterday, uh, results still to come through, and it was looking like syndesmosis, which could put him out for eight weeks, which is the season. Has there been any further movement in that regard that you've seen? Yeah, I think he finds out his results tomorrow morning. So I think tomorrow we should have the, the definitive on whether he's out for the season or if he's still got a chance to come back. But yeah, there you go. So NRL physio's favourite uh, syndesmosis come down with a syndesmosis. So that's his uh, fra- favourite turn of phrase there. Right. Whoever knew what a syndesmosis was before <laughs> NRL physio, yeah. is, uh, I, I still don't really know. But um, yeah, whatever. It doesn't sound good either way. Um, the Tigers, geez, you mentioned Harry Grant. Um, I wrote down knee. Uh, could have also been rested. But again, another one just out of nowhere, replaced by Moses Embi of all players in the hooking role. Uh, any news on him, mate? He wasn't quoted as being out for any particular length of time, so I'm not too sure what the go is here. Yeah, it's. I'm hearing minor knee injury. Um, I, it doesn't seem anything too major. I think they're just giving him a week off just to get that right. Um, it seems to be that he'll be back next week, um, barring anything significant. So, uh, yeah, not too bad news for Grant, uh, apart from the fact that uh, he misses the same week that uh, a lot of us are struggling to field a, a hooking role. So, mm. but, yeah, Does... and by train there at the start of the year, like they were fully expecting him to be their hooker. So, from a team point of view, uh, he should slot in uh, not too badly. It's interesting that they, they've still got Billy Walters there in the 17 jersey this week, so bumped him back uh, onto the bench. But, yeah, he was playing hooker there and, and doing okay. So, yeah, I'm not sure uh, what the go is there. Obviously, Embi's, um, yeah, maybe they felt more comfortable shifting him out of the centres and, and sticking to Lau there and, and then uh, putting Walters back there. But uh, who knows? Hopefully that means just it's a short-term thing and, and Grant will be back next week, fingers crossed. And then, geez, we're talking about NRL physio, his favourite player, Alex Fowle. <laughs> News champion, twelve watch indeed. He's uh, picked up a sternum injury in the game last week. I believe he played out with it. Uh, did have reduced minutes as a result, but this week, uh, yeah, he's sidelined as a result. So replaced by Matty Eisenhuth in the lock jersey there. So any word on how long this might keep him out? It sounds pretty niggly. Yeah, it's one of those niggly ones. So he could be back next week. Um, it's. I wouldn't be surprised if he missed next week, but I think it would be one one of those one to two ones. Um, I don't think it's anything uh, too disastrous for his uh, rest of season prospects. 
And Charlie Staines from the Panthers. Um, wow, this break even could have been anything last week. Uh, backing up from his four-try effort on debut with another couple, uh, including a stunning one in the corner against the, uh, oh, geez, who was it, Manly last week. He was looking pretty good, went off with a ham- hamstring injury in the 27 minutes, didn't make it back. A couple of weeks uh, minimum for him on the sidelines. He is going to be a very very interesting proposition in a couple of weeks when he does return he's i think a negative 160 break even after that which is that's disgusting yeah and the fact he's only available at fullback is is an interesting one it's going to mean if you do need to grab that cash to maybe turn a ponger into a turbo when he does return if you're going down that path or something like that uh that yeah you need to pull the trigger on on turfing one of your fullbacks so yeah it's a, it'll be a late stage of the year to be going the cash grab but that was, is almost too much cash to uh to leave off the off the table there so at least um unfortunately for stains it uh, does buy us a bit of time in the super coach realm so malachi with Zalesniak comes in for him for the panthers has there uh, been the a bigger Raiders, tease actually oh, than Char- has there been a bigger tease than charlie stains like he got the four or five tries on debut breached COVID, came back, another try, hurt, fullback only. Like, just what what a combination. Like, biggest break even in history and oh, he's just frustrating. I don't know. If theoretically he didn't make it back this season, by the time he started next year, based on his, his score, I don't know how they'd work out what his price would be, but um, it, it could be rather large. Um, so this might be the, the only chance we get to buy this guy ever again under 200k. So, uh, yeah, very interesting times ahead. And just quickly, I, I am Googling it, but you might know off the top of your head, how's Tom Turbo going with his uh, his hamstring recovery? I know it was pushed back a couple of weeks ago, um, a little longer than first thought, but is there any word you've heard uh, on the go for him? Yeah, uh, well, I haven't seen anything too recently. It was pushed back a couple of weeks, and depending on who you read, it was either end of season, not missing any time at all, or somewhere in between. Um, I think the I think they came out saying that the it wasn't a real bad setback. They're just giving him a bit of extra time to get that right. So I don't think he's going to be too far off, to be honest. Mm, that could be another very interesting play. Um, if you can flip a guy like Charlie Staines to Turbo in the run home, that could be a huge pot play in the run to the finals. Uh, for the Raiders, so Sean's Nickel Clockstad makes a return from his nasty little thumb or finger injury, I uh, think it was. Pinky, yeah, I think it was his pinky. Mm. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Semi Valame makes way. He's off uh, with a knee injury, so I'm not sure how serious that one is. But uh, replaced by Raps, who had a bit of a shocker last week oh, at fullback. He, he looked like he'd never played first grade in his life at the back there. Just completely lost. Yep. And we still lost to them. So Raps <laughs> was trying his heart out to uh, get us in that game, but uh, couldn't put him away. But uh, yeah, Semi Valame, interesting GP option. He had some owners from last week. A lot of people bringing him in. Uh, did warn against it, given the the cavalry that the Raiders had returning, but uh, the people still took the uh, break even and, and ran with it. He's looks to be out for at least a couple of weeks and might not find his way back too easily. At least and he's boarding. enough. At least he's enough, and <laughs> yes. he's not just gone to a bench role. That's the only thing you can say on him. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the Bo Firma kind of role now. Um, yeah. Bo's in the extended reserve, so I don't like seeing that orange mark next no. to his name. But uh, yeah, not the uh, not the end of the world if you've still got him. 
Uh, and finally, your boy, Anthony, well, Lakey and Wolf's boy, I should say, Anthony Milford gone down at training, uh, very conveniently timed injury, hamstring, as you mentioned, two to four weeks. Uh, well, that's just the minimum I've, I've put in there. I'm not sure how long it might be. Replaced by big bad Brody Croft, a one-week reprieve for him. Um, what, what do you reckon as a Broncos fan, mate, um, away from Supercoach? Is this good or bad news? I I was thinking on it. I honestly don't know which I'd prefer in that role. So I think it's a bit of a wash for me. Like both just not great form this season. Um, to- toss a coin, really. I mean, based on our injuries, a warm body in that position's uh slightly better than nobody but but only just <laughs> so you're saying that you could go out there and play and uh have just about the same return you're a warm body i would tear everything in my body running out there these days uh if darbs can do it you can do it mate um and finally i haven't got this guy down i forgot about him ryan madison of course uh perennial hia uh Concussion issues. So, again, hasn't made the, the starting 21. So, tough break there. But even in the NRL.com news, they were talking about him possibly being right for next week. So, I don't like those sort of terms being thrown around. Um, he was almost right to go. They were saying he's passed all the protocols last week and yeah. was more rested out of uh, out of just a precautionary sort of thing. But this week, it, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. Can you fa- re-fail them? Like. Any news on on that front? I've been trying to find stuff. And like you said, everything was pointing towards him having passed all his uh, protocols for last round. And they just thought, well, we'll we'll sit him out um, just just for that bit of extra rest. And now it's just becoming like we're having flashbacks to a couple of seasons ago for the Roosters when he got falconed into the future with that uh, Mm. ongoing. But it it just seems like that all over again. Like, oh, yeah, he's right, but we'll give him this week, but we'll give him this week, and oh, he's on the bench and drops off the bench and just absolute nightmare fuel for late mail and, and super coaches in general. I've heard rumours that if you say his name 10 times to NRL Physio, if you <laughs> at him, uh, he will appear in the team list for next week. So if you give him enough love to NRL Physio, uh, yeah, he'll be back for sure. Let's look at, so that's the injury list. It's a it's a pretty hefty one, a lot of super coach relevance in there, which we'll get to with trades. But uh, some of the guys have just been flat out dropped. Uh, not really super coach or too super coach relevant here. Uh, let's list them off. Corey Norman gone. Adam Clune coming back from uh, concussion, I believe. Uh, Kyle Flanagan, though. Kyle Flanagan, that was a surprise. Out of nowhere. Yep, yeah, he... Yeah, I wouldn't have said he's um, – in fact, he's been playing quite well. He looked defensively pretty solid. The Roosters have had a down couple of weeks, still getting the wins. But, um, yeah, Lachlan Lamb comes in to replace him. Flanagan was a um, pretty interesting option. I know uh, he had a bit of love when the Roosters were going on this absolute tear. But, yeah, that's that's out of nowhere. It could just be a, a kick up the arse, you reckon? Well, the, he's another one where the official term is rested. Um, hmm. But again, there's commentary around whether uh, whether it's to spark a bit of form. But like you said, like he's a young kid who's come into a, a premiership winning side to fill in for a future immortal. Uh, so I reckon he's not been going poorly enough to, to get dropped. But it's it's another one that's come out of nowhere and hit us this afternoon. So we'll see if there's any more commentary coming out of that one as the week progresses. Yeah, absolutely. He had a three-round average of 47 heading into this week. Um, so, I mean, it was probably time to look at upgrading if you hadn't already. Um, has got 17,000 owners 
not sure how many are still playing, but uh, yeah, definitely still a popular enough option. So I guess your mind's sort of made up if you need to move him on this week. Uh, Britain Nakora replaced by CSC Vitalico, a very interesting option there, but Nakora gone completely. Um, was this another R word, rested? Uh, well, reading between the lines on some of the comments I've seen around the traps, I think a lot of people haven't been happy with his defense and the errors he's been making. So I have a feeling this one is more of a uh, light the firework up the backside to, to kick him into a bit of gear. And it's a bit disappointing for him after he was a, a, a staple for most of our sides uh, for pretty much the entirety of last year. So, um, yeah, sad to see that one for old uh, Britain there. Tata Moga as well. Uh form it seems like replaced by Startoa, a name we've been seeing around traps for a year or so finally makes his debut for the knights out there uh not too super coach relevant so let's talk about some of the interesting shuffling arounds of some of the benches here i've got um, an interesting one for you mate on Corey norman just before we keep oh. going <laughs> oh jesus this uh podcast safe <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no the, yeah the, y- I think I probably should have led that in better uh, given his history and considering what's been going around today. Um, yeah. Some very interesting stuff coming out of uh, uh, Red Hill uh, on that front. Um, <laughs> but I've been seeing this afternoon that apparent, apparently Gareth Widdop has uh, sent a lifeline out to the Dragons saying he's unhappy after just going home to England back to the Super League after being unhappy here. And I'm seeing something that they might be in discussions with a player swap, Corey Norman, to the UK for Gareth Widdop. So very interesting one uh, coming out there I saw this afternoon. So we'll see if that gets any legs over the coming days, but definitely uh, one to keep an eye on. Jeez, that would be a massive return for them. No, Corey Norman hasn't really set the world on fire. Probably the pay packets are pretty comparable. So if he, it seems like a kind of player that could go to the Super League and really carve up. Um, it seems to be where washed-up players like him sort of go. So best of luck if that's the case. Big news. Um, yeah, never thought we'd see Gareth Widdop in Supercoach again, but uh, okay. there you go, 2021. Here we come. <laughs> uh, returning – oh, sorry, the interesting shuffling around. So – couple of names here that I didn't think I'd see on this team list. Uh, Ewan Aitken and Adam Reynolds. So in the same game on Thursday night last week, Aitken went off hobbling very late in the game with a hamstring injury. Um, they were just wrapping it, so it must have been precautionary in the end. And then Adam Reynolds uh, copping a bit of an elbow to the back of the neck. He looked gone. But, uh, yeah, both of them named this week. Um, Adam Reynolds has his... Uh, fans in Supercoach, but probably not so much this year. But Ewan Aitken was a name that uh, was really starting to pique some interest given some of his scores and the way he just loves getting involved out there in a side that's sort of looking like they're turning the season around. But uh, for anyone that might own both of those guys uh, early days, but um, I I guess would you be warning to uh, keep an eye on the team lists? They didn't look good. Yeah, you and Aitken, I think, out of the two is probably going to be the one I'll be keeping an eye on this week to be a laid out. Um, he was, I was seeing anywhere from two to six weeks on that hamstring, and given his history, um, very surprised to see him there today. Um, Reynolds just had a burner, which are often, like, they are pretty bad, but they subside quicker. So I think out of the two, he's probably not going to be too bad. But, yeah, Aitken, very surprised, and he'll he'll be a massive watch. <laughs> 
Uh, keep your eye on your Twitter feed for sure. And then some of the bench movements here. So Josh Morris returning pushes uh, Tupanua back to the second row. Orbogun holds his spot down uh, at second row. Will he get another 80 minutes and a, a try like he did last week as well? Turning back the clock, big Orbogun. Love and, to see uh, it. Nat- <laughs> you do. Well, I don't own him, but uh, yeah, it's just so good seeing a veteran like him go around. Seems like the uh, nicest guy in the league. And uh, Nat Butcher, who yeah looked like being a, a potential play when he uh, when uh, well, Victor Radley tried to think of his name went down injured. He unfortunately is back to the bench and, and does not look an option anymore. So does hasn't quite kicked on after getting a, an opportunity in the starting side there for the doggies. Interesting one here and. Uh, I don't know if you saw last week's game with Aiden Tolman taking the quick tap when they could have leveled. But uh, yeah, oh, do you reckon, that, do you reckon <laughs> that's why? He's, do you reckon that's why he's been moved back to the bench? Look, um, he's <laughs> he's had a fortnight, hasn't he? He got his he got his try for the first time in about forty years, and uh, <laughs> first line break for even longer somehow, and then just absolutely baffling uh, <laughs> decision last round. So. I, I think that's this is probably more of a warning shot to him to just uh, screw his head on onto those shoulders a bit. But still not – this is a cool bit. When you do something like that and it's still not the worst play, I think uh, Dallin Wateni Zalesniak <laughs> had the, the, the pearl of uh, that match last round, just <laughs> playing the ball in the wrong direction there. So they're always great when they uh, pop up. <laughs> Oh, man, I haven't seen that in years. But I just, I just love Aiden Tolman. White line fever. <laughs> <laughs> he got a taste for it. He's he's uh, he's hooked. Oh, boy, it's all it takes. Um, uh, George Arliss showing a bit of strength there, moving him on. Um, for the Knights, a bit of a change here. Kurt Mann was killing it at uh, 5.8 all this season, as we mentioned. Uh, but out of nowhere, Blake Green moves across from the Warriors and starts in the 5.8 role for them there, pushing Mann to hooker. Uh, Chris Randall, who some might have jumped on last week as a cheapy option. It was just his second week, so obviously buyer beware. He has gone back to the extended reserves. Uh, Mann at hooker different sort of proposition for him he's not going to be um feeding the ball to the likes of brab and best anyway who's out but um was a very much uh pretty attacking uh link man in that line a lot of points coming his way but at hooker it's just going to be all base um interesting play if you were to bring him in i I would suggest to your center wing but um in your eyes does the move to hooker pretty much rule him out given his current price tag yeah i think so like and and looking, when you say his game's going to be all base at hooker, he had really good base in the halves, and what he was able to add on top of that was those attacking stats. But what a what a poison chalice at the moment that hooking position at the Knights mm. is. Like he's their basically their fifth string or sixth string hooker because who 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 have they got off top? They had Brayley, McCulloch, um, Connor Watson. Uh, even like Randall, he's extended bench, but he he was out with that concussion. I think it was it Mitch Barnett or someone he or Fitzy um, mm-hmm. cracked uh, cracked heads with there. So That's you, it. you've you've just got guys in that role dropping like every week. Like I'd be very scared as Kurt Mann going going in <laughs> going into that position. And Kurtman as well was uh, in your mentions last week. He was uh, yeah, a bit of news about him being a, a possible late scratching. He did end up playing, but uh, might be carrying a few niggles. And he that as he well. is. So I'd be pretty concerned about that being more in the firing line in that nine role. Like he's been 
for a couple of weeks now, he's been one of these rumor guys. So that I'm calling him like where they, you don't really see anything. Then all of a sudden you're getting asked like, oh, what's the news on Kurt Mann? Or, and you're like, oh, what's, what's going on with him? <laughs> and all you can find is people uh, asking about it. But yeah, I think he's carrying a couple of things. So I'd, I'd be a bit concerned about that. The, the defense will be asked to play just being in a Knights number nine jersey. Um, so yeah, pretty concerned for him if you were going to bring him in now. If if you've got him, like I wouldn't uh, be super concerned, but it'd give me pause if I wanted to bring him in. That's for sure. Mm. Uh, another one for I guess the Tigers that are last time a little interesting shuffle around. So we mentioned Tommy Talau moving in to centre to cover Empire while he's at hooker. Uh, debutant AJ kept. Boa, Kepoa. That'll do. Pronunciation, should have, should have practiced that one. He comes on to the wing for the Tigers. Um, Talao has been pretty handy. He's, he's knocking around 50s, scoring tries here and there. So interested to see what happens while he's at centre. And, of course, Brooks coming back into the starting side with Billy Walters shuffled back. That'll sting for anyone that was hoping to carry Billy for another week or so and, and move, put out some fires elsewhere. But, geez, that 17 jersey could be could be disaster. I'll just pull his break even up. But, um, yeah, it's almost that's AE nightmare stuff written all over it. Well, people were bringing him in recently as well. Like uh, I started with him and held him and then he came back, got a last couple of cash rise and I, I flicked him out. But people were bringing him in. Uh, when he got that starting role. So anyone who did that's um, going to be in a world of hurt seeing him uh, named in, on that bench role. Break-even of 70. So oh. he is going to shed some cash. So unfortunately, he's just yeah an absolute trade-out this week. So it uh, means you can move him. Uh, or, you know, if you've got him at hooker or halfback, whatever it might be, opens up a couple of options there for you. Uh, let's look like at some Michael of the returning... Morgan. Oh, that's, yeah, speaking of, mate, returning players. Um, how about we run through them? I'll say some names when they're super coach relevant or you're really interested in it. Give me a yeehaw. Otherwise, we'll just move on because there's a few names in here that we don't particularly really see too much in super coach talk. Uh, Josh Dugan? No. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Jesse Ramian. Right. So Ramian, I've been getting probably as many questions about Ramian's status than any other player over the last couple of weeks. So he's he's got a fan base out there. So mm. a lot of people are keen on Ramian, but not uh, one for me at this stage. I did own him at one point this year, but um, yeah, you, yeah, you started with him, didn't you? I did. He's rocks and diamonds. I got a, one or two good games out of him, but uh, yeah, missed all his other. I traded him out before his really good ones, so he is dead to me for sure. <laughs> uh, Josh Maguire is back from suspension. I'll I'll, no? I'll give him a little yeehaw. I've got him in my draft side, and he has been he's been chugging along. He's averaging uh, great numbers. Like uh, I think he's up in the high sixties or something, and. I guess with all your forward packer injuries and shuffling and all that, he's been pumping out 80 minutes some weeks at prop, which is uh, just massive effort from him. So uh, a, a small yeehaw, small yeehaw for uh, old <laughs> yeah, Moose yeah. there in the front row. 69.1 he's averaging. Oh, well. Um, yeah, he's had a lot of games without Jordan McLean as well, which have definitely helped his minutes and a few injuries here and there. So definitely massive output for him this season. But, uh, yeah, he's back to uh, firm up that prop rotation. Uh, Tom Opachik, yes, no, yeehaw? Nope. <laughs> there you go. Josh Morris for the Roosters. No, nah, well, 
I think Brett's the one that people are all excited about. Joshy's been chugging along, but uh, not not super excited there. C and K for the Raiders. Not at fullback only. <laughs> David Fafita. Yeah, look, we'll put a next week yee on him. I, I want to see, I just want to see him before I'd bring him in. I know he's on the bubble, but we, after so long being out, hasn't played in the COVID era. Um, and with everything sort of going on, signed with a new team, I'd, I'd be keen to see minutes. I know you start of the season, you'd reckon locked into 80, but now uh, defecting to the Titans. It'd be interesting to see if uh, maybe he plays 60 or something. Uh, haven't seen anything on that happening, but he's a definite watch, I reckon, and a potential yeehaw next week uh, once we see him in action. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how just how the Broncos play him. As you've said, there's so much um, off-field stuff and it's just been a disaster year for him on that front there with all the all the goings on so whether he even keeps the 80 minutes and um yeah very interested to see what happens it's still like his scores weren't huge in his two games this year he played that one against souths he got a 52 in 80 minutes and the week before that was his 75 against the cowboys in round one where he stormed, uh, stormed away to score that pretty uh electric try so obviously inflated there but um yeah very interested to see didn't look too base heavy or anything so i no. really like the uh the idea of just sitting back and watching but um geez he'll uh he's Got seventeen thousand owners, so they must have stopped playing Whoa. after COVID. That but, is, uh, yeah. those are zombie teams for sure. Holy! <laughs> <laughs> if you, uh, for whatever reason, still just got him parked, yeah, yeah, absolutely playing him this week, and uh, huge pod play for anyone that's actually still playing. But uh, yeah, interesting times ahead for him. A couple of names here. I don't think you'll hear, but uh, Tavita Funa and CHT coming in for the Warriors. Nah. Yep. Joey Leilua, oh, uh, back God. from his suspension. Interesting one. Any any potential uh, year, maybe a ha? Oh, no way. I started with him and just absolutely shocking output and then just brain explosions all across the park. Finally flicked him, found a bit of form and then got suspended. So I want nothing to do with uh, Joey Leilua. Finally, mate, the man we have all been waiting for, Michael Morgan. <laughs> We needed a, like a, a Michael Jordan return sort of intro track uh, for that one. Sort of bulls. Uh... <laughs> I was there waiting for it. Mate. Was, there we I go. <laughs> I should have played the little. Uh... <laughs> Oh, I should have got that one when he's uh, <laughs> I was naming him there, but oh, how good! I've been waiting a long time. Michael Morgan, my 2019 absolute captain of the year, he is back for the boys. Anyway, mate, we've done enough around the grounds. A lot of team news to turn through there. I think we've we've done okay at the 40 minute mark. We'll take a quick break and come back and talk about some of the big trade questions of the week here. A couple of very interesting plays coming up. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Alrighty, Stasi, in the back end of the podcast here, let's talk about some of the huge trade questions this week and none more so than Cam Smith. What are people doing with him? I set up a poll on the Supercoach Talk Twitter page earlier this week, uh, yesterday before Teamless Tuesday, and uh, asked owners what they were going to do, hold, go to Cook, go to Jazz, or go to someone other than that. So the winner of that poll uh, as of Wednesday or Tuesday afternoon pre-Teamless was uh holding 38 percent uh just the 13 going for damian cook uh jazz a fair bit of love here almost a quarter of respondents wanting to go for him and then a quarter of respondents saying other ended up uh, around 800 super coaches there um in terms of what's happened with the whole grant thing talk through some of the options that people have got here and uh, i guess for you more than myself who doesn't own cam smith it's a it's a very interesting question in terms of what you do here um but firstly i guess do you see any merit in holding him for these two weeks uh, knowing how good he's gone knowing it is just the two weeks um is there a reason that you would hang on to him and if so what would it be i guess if you've if you can run a hooker this week, uh, you, there's a slight case to hold him there. I guess it also depends on what the rest of your team looks like. So if you're not faring too badly, like if you've avoided some of the carnage, I reckon I reckon you could probably hang on to him uh, if you've got other moves you want to do. But if you, if you just need to fill positions, like that's 730k to be freed up to potentially upgrade a say maybe another midi who's not playing or you're not comfortable playing or something like that. So yeah, it's it's a tough hold. And I I trade I I held RP for the first week, traded RP to Smith last week. Um Ooh. so that's not a good move there. And now and now RP looks like a great downgrade for Smithy. So that's twenty twenty super coach summarized right there, I think. But uh, when it rains it pours that yeah. It's a horrible, horrible play. Um, one thing I was thinking with this, though, if you do have, and a lot of people would have the Grant and, and Smith combination, we met, mentioned it at the top of the podcast. All of a sudden, it opens it up to a pretty much a free swing at the VC loophole. So if um, particularly a guy like Teddy playing this Thursday, slap the VC on him. Uh, if you've got absolutely no hookers, you're going to cop an auto emergency anyway. So someone's going to come into your 17 uh, from your non-playing reserves there. If you've got anyone, you know, if you've got the likes of Toby Rudolph and, and those sort of guys, and they're typically your lowest scoring players, I reckon you, there's probably no real need to get rid of Smith just to fill the hooking spot. Um, th- there's a couple of names that we'll go through here, but I don't know. I think it offers a bit of flexibility um, if you can make some other trades and you don't need Smith's cash. And that's a big if, as you mentioned, it's 720K sitting on on your pine there. But if you've got to fix up your center wing or your halves, whatever it might be, and you know you're going to get a, a healthy Smith coming back in a couple of weeks, um, you know, maybe it's not the, the end of the world if you did have to run um, just the 16 for for maybe one week. Um, but yeah, as you said, it, it selling him for the, these couple of weeks and the fact it is a, a trade-happy year, we've got so many to use, 
although they are <laughs> we still have still they're, have to they're save getting a couple low calls. they're getting lowish uh, I think as of this week, it's 16 to go, uh, including this round. So I think I'm sitting on 14. So I've got to find a, a couple yep. uh, of trades to save. But um, yeah, an interesting play to hold. But let's talk about some of the options that uh, he could be traded to. Um, Damien Cook. So I was talking him up all last week on this podcast here as being a good alternative to Smith, particularly because of his run coming up. Uh, unfortunately, came out and had a... Very, very quiet game um, against the Dragons. Finished with a 42. Did end up outscoring CS9, so I'll absolutely take that as a win there. <laughs> but um, he finds himself 703K, dropped a bit of cash last week, 164-point break even. Uh, he's got a very good run coming up. He's got the Broncos this week, the Cowboys next week, who he loves playing against, and Manly the week after, who've leaked a bit of points recently. So is this a time where you can risk trading uh, a CS9 to Cook, even if it's for a couple of weeks, or maybe you just trade him to Cook and hope this run continues and, and Cook turns the corner? Um, but, yeah, wh- where do you see Cook in, in terms of priorities for a Smith trade-out? Well, I, I was really keen on Cook as well last round because, like you said, that run looks phenomenal on paper. He had the Dragons last week. The only thing that prevented me from being a Cook owner was, uh, I think, 1.1K. So I uh, oh. I brought in Smithy instead. But he there's something off about him this year. It could be like the, the pack's not as uh, crash hot. Um, I know it's been talked about on this pod a lot, but him being uh, one of the potential big beneficiaries of the the six again rule that hasn't quite translated. Uh, he's had a couple of big games, but he's he's just not the same as previous seasons from a game to game basis. So, but like you said, he's got Broncos next week, who he loves to play. I specifically remember some massive cook outings against the Broncos, and then he's he's got a run. So if you want to. I think he's got the highest upside out of all the potential trade-in targets. So if you're chasing points and and you're okay with the cash, which I mean, if you've got Smith, you've you've got the cash for him. I reckon he's probably the best points chasing option out of the list we're going to talk about. So that's where I'd play. If you're chasing, uh, I'd be prioritizing him. If you're feeling pretty good, I'd probably lock in maybe a slightly cheaper sort of safe base guy and maybe use the coin elsewhere. But yeah, he's he's definitely not the worst shout, even though he has been a bit off the boil the last couple of rounds. Like we were keen on him for a reason. Like he was coming off that was it two tries uh, he got a couple of weeks ago uh, and just yep, looked like the Knights. Yeah, mm. so that's only two weeks ago. So or um, so yeah, uh, if you points chasing, I reckon he's a really good option. It's interesting the Knights. I'm just looking at um, on NRL Supercoachstats dot com. Fantastic website to go to for all your info there. Looking at the uh, teams that give up the most points to hookers, and it's actually the Knights who he did uh, go large against. Obviously, that's that's contributing, but they're the number one in terms of giving up points to hookers. And if you look at the Broncos, they're fifth on the list. Cowboys are ninth, and then Manly are sitting at eighth. So not the worst in terms of being able to to defend from that position um, despite the fact our two teams are going pretty poorly at least from a super coach front they've been able to hold uh, hookers to a relatively compared to some other sides lowish score so huge risk there if Damien Cook doesn't fire and he has a, a couple of down weeks as he's had uh, throughout the year 
that break even is massive. Um, yeah, I haven't plugged in the the numbers to work out if he did for you know worst case scenario hit a couple of fifties uh, where that would see his price. It's almost a, you, you've then lost a ton of cash and you can't easily go back to Smith. So yeah, in a way, it kind of would lock lock Cook either way into your side. If he does kill it the next couple of rounds, he's um yeah you're going to hold him for the rest of the year. Um, on that on that basis, and if he doesn't, you might kind of be stuck in limbo, uh, not able to go back up to Smith and and have to scrounge around elsewhere. So definitely think Cook is a yeah very high risk, uh, high reward kind of player there, and obviously the most expensive of the options. Uh, but yeah, a couple of cheaper ones here that have have come to light. Uh, firstly, let's talk about his uh, the guy that's replacing Cam Smith, Brandon Smith. Um, Having a quick look around some of the numbers he's churned out, he's really not had that many games at starting hooker for Melbourne. Uh, no. At least not that I could see in the last couple. He had that one game earlier this year, played about 75 minutes against the Roosters in a golden point game where Cam was moved at to halfback. Um, he got about 60-odd points in base that game, so it was a pretty handy effort. But um, there's not much in the way of history to say exactly how uh, the big cheese is going to go, but um, can you see a fair bit of upside here? Well, a lot of people are expecting him, I think, to put up uh, C. Smith numbers. I, I have a feeling that his output, like he's been playing, he's been playing pretty well, uh, being shuffled around between sort of interchange and uh, lock and all the sort of roles. I have a feeling he's going to be about the same levels of output, if I'm being honest. Um so I don't think he's all of a sudden going to start averaging uh, 75, 80 points. I, th- I think he might get a slight uptick, um, but I, I don't think he's all of a sudden going to transform and, into just a, a Cam Smith sort of output guy. Um, having said, he can find an attacking stat. Like, he, he can find a solo try. So if he gets one of them out of dummy half, you'd be laughing. Uh, and they've got mm. the... Who have they got? They've got the doggies this week and then... Uh, uh, Roosters next week, Para. So, a couple of toughies coming up, and then Smithy, uh, Cam Smith's probably going to be back by that stage. So, yeah. Um, I, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's what I don't like about him because he's just, it, it is a two week play. Yeah. And he's got a break even of 67. He is cheaper than the likes of Tavanga, who we'll get to, but 454K. 67 break even like even with a pretty good game he's not going to go anywhere and then you've got to shuffle him down to second row if need be and that's already stacked so i i, I don't personally like this play so um yeah I, <laughs> it's interesting though you say that people are going to expect cam smith numbers and for all we know it could could turn into that um but yeah just given lack of history um playing 80 odd minutes at the hooking role at the storm we know he's a gun player but um yeah you're kind of taking a pretty big punt here um anything else on B Smith before we move on no i think that's all the main stuff so guy in his exact same position about 100k or maybe it's 50k cheaper oh, sorry more expensive jazz tavanga from the warriors so had a very frustrating year he's uh been out of the side with injury, coming to Australia, then having to go back and then saying lockdown there and then coming back into lockdown here. It's been an absolute nightmare for him, but he's finally back on the park. He's had about three games under his belt, uh, four games, I should say, this year, and it really looks like he's the Tavanga of old. 526K, available at hooker in second row, as Brandon Smith is. 
break-even of 57. Here is a guy, though, that I think has a fair bit more upside and long-term uh, potential play going forward. So uh, Tavanga, is he someone that you're thinking about? Yeah, he's actually one I was keen to bring in uh, this week, but um, TLT might uh, have me reassessing that. But he's he's one of these guys... The the comparison, like you said, is Brandon Smith um, in in that price bracket. So I'd rather pay up the the extra fifty or whatever k to get Jazz. Uh, we know his role moving forward. He's he's got that lock role seemingly uh, sewn up, uh, particularly with, with all the cavalry issues the Warriors are having. Um, we know last year he thrived in that lock role. Um, he did have massive minutes last year, so he's probably going to hover around sort of that that low to mid 50s like what he's been doing but he he gets through the work he he just loves the work loves a tackle loves a hit up and an offload so um i reckon he's i reckon he's probably the best option uh he's a good mix of sort of solid base but like a bit of sort of offloading upside like a maybe a an andrew for feeder of old where he can just pop him out and rack up those extra few points on a run yeah, I, I love that play. I mean, he's um, as you said, he he just loves crabbing and getting in in the middle of things, and um, yeah, really getting a lot done in the in a short space of time that he's actually on the field. So as you said, he sort of floats around that fifty minute mark. It's been steadily increasing ever since he's coming back, getting juice in the legs. But um, his game last week was was pretty incredible. Eighty four points in fifty two minutes. Um, just having a look at some of the stats in that uh, was quite base heavy, which we love to see from him. And, uh, yeah, in the past he's managed to find the line every now and again as well. He's uh, a pretty good attacking weapon close to the line. But um, for a guy that's 60, 70-odd K more expensive than Brandon Smith, I think it's a bit safer play to go. Um, the Tavanga route, you can swap him down to your second row and, and basically carry him as long as you need to. He's not; He wouldn't be an urgent sellout like a um, trade-out like a, a Brandon Smith would be. So I think uh, for the added benefit of being a guy who could play a bit more long-term, um, definitely putting Tavanga above Smith in the rankings this week. Uh, and finally, some of the other names I've seen floated around as options here, uh, Api Coruscant. So obviously a lot of people trading Smith uh, in for him, as as you did over the last couple Guilty. of weeks. Yeah, is it uh, one of those things where you just, it's almost... You can't go back now. You've done yeah, the dash. Tried one. That's the <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the tail between the legs. I'm sorry, Arfi. Uh, welcome back to the team. Sort of trading right there. Uh, of course, it was the one week you, you traded him out, and he uh, he crossed the stripe for I think uh, his first or second try all season. Doesn't get a lot of them, but uh, yeah, eighty odd points last week. Um, I don't personally, if I, I own Uppy, and I've been lucky enough to hang on to him, so that, that's definitely helped me in good step for this week. But if I wasn't owning him, I'd definitely just ignore that 80-odd points um, because the reason you were trading him out uh, before the injury even, he was looking um, like you would have to move him on at some point. Gets a lot of work done around the middle and uh, hangs in at the tackles and all that. But his running game just has died a lot as the season's gone on, um, particularly now with that elbow injury. Um Definitely not doing as much running as we'd hoped last week, but uh, lucky enough to stroll across. But yeah, you're not going to get that every week. And I think it's it's taking a bit of a backward step. Um, I don't see Appy being a long-term hold. I was looking at moving him on to either Smith or Cook over the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, lucky enough to hold on to him. Yeah. But yeah, so anything, would you be going uh, back that Appy route? 
I, I think it's, a, well, like you said, he, he's starting to slow down. I will say I was really surprised at the price difference between him and Smith, given he is averaging over 70 on the season and still had a 200k gap uh, on sort of your, your Smiths and Cooks. But I think even from the start of the season, absolutely phenomenal option. But going into it, the the red flags were confined an injury uh, and um, and might start to slow down. So I think a lot of us use that injury as the excuse to make that hop uh, that we maybe had been putting off. But the the only other thing I'll say in his favour for maybe a hold is that Panthers run home. They just have an absolutely dream sort of final uh, final run to the finish line there where he might find a few of those attacking stats. But it's also a great chance to pot up uh, given he's probably uh, still pretty highly owned. I think um, he's still... Uh, Maybe not as he's in eighteen percent. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I thought he was a bit higher on, to be honest. But but still, there there is a pretty good chance to uh, pot up and maybe maybe gain a little bit of ground uh, towards the end. So if you look at his ownership, sixty four point one k two weeks ago, and then obviously the elbow injury kicked in thirty six point two, and then last week twenty five point one, of which you were one of them. So in the space of a couple of weeks, he's lost literally 40,000 or 39,000 uh, owners. So given there's not, you know, not that, not that many people still play comparatively to uh, the start of the season, a lot of zombie teams, that is a lot of players in the competition uh, moving him on. So, yeah, interesting play. I'm actually, I've, I've probably overstated the fact he was going a little quietly because his last, three of his last four games have been 81, 73, 51, and 82. A couple of try assists in the, the first two and then obviously the last uh, weeks try definitely helped there um, it's just those weeks where he does get 50 odd and it's all just tackling and no running which um, stings a little bit but um, yeah you know interesting uh, interesting thought given the the run ahead for them got the Warriors in a couple of weeks and obviously you're and my boys to uh, and the dogs to close out the year so um, yeah interesting times but um, probably better options to uh, to flip Appy to in the meantime and finally uh, maybe just shifting a guy like Cam McInnes up is that um, a play if you own McInnes or if you don't yet um, do you just bring him in because he's a he's looking like a season-long keeper could just be um, killing two birds get McInnes into your hook and roll and then swap him down when Smith's back any thoughts of that play yeah, I had a look at it. I reckon if you've got him, uh, I'd be really tempted to move him up and and have a look at like a, a Johnny Bateman who's just hit the ground running. I know you've got another week to look at him, but but um, you've got that flexibility there. Um, would I bring in McInnes for Smith if I didn't have him? I'd probably. It's it's a it's a good option. He has been killing it this season. He has gone a bit quiet these last few rounds. Um, uh, 51 against the Bunnies, 83 against the Sharks. I believe he had a try in that, 61-63. So a little bit down on the, the 70 to 80 he had at the start of the year. Um, his break-evens are 78, 91, 70. He's not going to go too far. And he's got the uh, – who's he got? Roosters, Para. Um, Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> Broncos. Titans. Yeah, and then it, then it opens up. So – yeah, fifteen. Mm. If you don't have him, I'd probably target him from fifteen onwards. Um, but I mean, he's going to make tackles and that, so it's not going to impact him too much. But yeah, he's he's one of those. Yeah, I don't know. He's a he's a funny one for me. If if I had him, I'd definitely flip flip him up and see what I could uh, make happen in that second row position. 
Yep. No, interesting play. All right. To, to sum up, quite a few uh, options and things to think about. Um, if I owned Smith and I had AE Nightmares in my side, definitely be going Jazz Tavanga. Uh, if I didn't have an AE Nightmare, I'd probably just take the punt and, uh, I don't know, you know, play around with the VC loophole. So, I mean, that's that's where I'm landing, but you've actually got to make the call. So, what are you doing? Yeah, so I'm... <laughs> I'm having a look at my side now. So I've got 15 green lights and two orange ones. Uh, so I don't have any AEs, actually. My lowest score is probably going to be Rudolph or Liam Knight, who has just hung on to my side uh, <laughs> like the proverbial. But So I don't have an AE, but I also don't have a, a great side. So I think I'm going to just have to move him on to get, to get uh, a better 17 on the park this week. So... I'm probably going to bring in Jazz and uh, and see what I can make happen at one of the other positions. Love it, mate. Speaking of other positions, let's go to Bradman Best, who's the big uh, trade out this week with the ankle injury, potentially long-term. We'll know, as you said, tomorrow morning. Uh, let's look at some of the options people have this week to trade to him. I'll just list them out and then we can go through them. Tony Staggs uh, in the news for <laughs> the wrong reasons today. Interesting times, 498K. Uh, kicking goals as well on and off the field or not so much off the field. <laughs> uh, that definitely the feeder involved. So. Yeah, he's definitely uh, toe-poked that one into the uprights. <laughs> and, uh, Slow clap. <laughs> Stephen Crichton, I, I've got his name down. I'm really liking what he's doing. Uh, he's definitely not passing the ball out wide, which is stinging a few owners of uh, the source, but um, Crichton definitely going from strength to strength. Uh, or maybe a fallen gun, Mike Acevo, seven points last week. That will sting for owners, 473K, but we know he can turn it on when he needs to. Uh, Mansource, as we just mentioned, 463K, getting no ball out there. It's uh, really hurting his output. Or even Luttrell, 460K. So those guys are all in the realm of Bradman Best price-wise. Price wise. Raiders outside back. Uh, I talked about these guys at... Oh, ad nauseum over the last uh, couple of months, but they have a very nice run coming up. Nick Kotrick, 362K. Curtis Scott, didn't he? Uh, yeah, have a good game with uh, <laughs> the Brad and Beth. Curtis, Curtis Scott. Yes. Well, that's it. The combination between him and uh, Johnny Bateman for the first time was uh, interesting that to watch. That was a really good, good try. <laughs> yeah, it was. It uh, definitely not the most um, yeah sturdy defensive line and they were opposing but um yeah very nice link play for the both of them there well jordan rapana who's back in uh centers no sorry the wing 258k um so very cheap options there if you're banking on i haven't listed jared croker out he's about 360k but uh yeah less said about him the better this year uh Enough and spend elsewhere. That's another option for people if you just want to bank the cash and go spend it if you've got enough center wing coverage. Or a guy I've just added in, uh, we spoke about him uh, off air, CSC Vitalikai. So played uh, in the centers last week, scored a try, set one up. He got an attacking stat or two. Um, he's a massive human and he's uh, played he's a lot large. of time at second row. He is. He's played a lot of time at second row and uh, also last week at center. Available in both in Supercoach. Um, 296k, very much on the cheap side of things. And a name that you mentioned, Sam McIntyre. Uh, similarly, because he's in the starting second row for the Tigers, but um, yeah, who knows where he'll go 
from week to week could be anywhere, could be off completely. So yeah, buyer beware on that one. So I've listed a lot of names there, May. We won't, probably won't go into detail on all of them, but um, what are your plans with Bradman going forward, maybe even this week? Um, are you trading for one of those guys or someone else? Well, my plan at the moment um I'd love to move him on this week, but I, I've got a lot of fires uh, just burning my house down. So I have a feeling what, I, what I'd what i like to do is maybe trade him to Sevo in a week or two because uh, he's, he's going to drop a ton of cash with that seven in his rolling average. So uh, next week they have the Dragons. His, his biggest break even is next week, but he'll drop a bit of cash this week and then he might be a good play next week uh, against the Dragons in a straight swap, or if you can wait another week, he'll actually be based on projections around like maybe a 420k mark, which is just disgusting for a player of uh, Sevo's mm. potential output. And they have a pretty handy uh, run to the finish as well. So um, of those guys you listed, Stags has <laughs> a, a lot uh, hovering over him at the moment. So it looks like he's not going to have any ramifications uh, from the NRL, but you'd have to have a think about maybe his headspace when he's taking the field with all of this sort of yep. stuff surrounding him. Uh, Stephen Crichton's been phenomenal. He is uh, – where's my side? It, he, the, the thing with Crichton is his base is horrendous. So he's basically got to score a try to get into the 60s and a double to – sort of hit 80s, which he has been doing. Um, he was a guy I was, before sort of this all disaster hit, I was thinking of maybe uh, flipping to a Sevo anyway um, just to bank that cash. But again, Penrith have that great run home. Um, Source just desolate out on his wing at the moment. <laughs> I've got Source and Crichton, so it's very bittersweet uh, mm. watching that combo running around the park. Uh, Latrell, uh, I couldn't do it. He, he he did look good last week, and I love I like Latrell as a player. Uh, very up and down, and I think if you're picking between the two, if you can wait a week on Sevo and pick him up cheaper than Latrell, I think he's got the higher upside out of the guys and the Raiders. Out of the Raiders, Kotrick can find a purple patch. We know that, and this might be his time for it. So out of the three, I'd probably look at him. Talakai and McIntyre, I think, are only starting because there's a few other issues there. So they've got AE written on them. But, uh, yeah, that's I'm looking at Sevo next week or the week after out of those to to sum up my rambling. (laughs) No, I like the uh, interesting you said the Sevo play. I think um, it's an interesting one because a lot of players always tend to just look at the seven and even his last couple of scores before that weren't flash but um as you said we know what he can do and it's um one of those up and down years like he can we know what he can pull out like a, a hundred plus especially in that Parramatta side is definitely not out of the equation most weeks whatever reason he's had a couple of down ones but um yeah as the rule goes you you uh, uh buy low sell high and in this case Siva, you're not going to get much lower than over the coming weeks so definitely love uh, the play or a player to watch um but no if uh and this whole list that we've just gone out through is excluding guys like uh, North Luma and Isaiah Yo and um, the more popular guys there that most people should already own if they don't. Um, but, yeah, this is more of the same sort of price tag. But um, I don't know. I'm just looking at Talakai. I don't know. I, uh, I kind of like it if uh, Britain Accor has just been dropped. Uh, there's a bit of a kick up the backside. 
And, uh, yeah, he's been shown a bit of, of faith there by the coach, played pretty handily in his time on there. I'd be interested to see, I mean, this week he's got a negative three break even. So, um, yeah, he's, he's going to make a bit of cash. If he goes quite large, could put him out of the uh, affordability stakes. Uh, but if you're not keen on nothing, if you've already got a couple in there, um, I don't know, I really like Talakai. So um, definitely got him in draft and uh, interested to see how he, he goes in the next couple of weeks. But, again, a, a risky play. He's not a, a week-to-week set and forget because you just don't know. But, one to um, watch. Yeah, one, one to watch. One to watch indeed. Before today, I would have said Tony Staggs without a shadow of a doubt. He's, uh, again, like a Sevo. He can pull out a massive game uh, every now and again. But uh, just with what's happened, I think there uh, might be too many question marks around him. All right, mate, we are uh, running over time, but we'll just finish up with a couple of rage trades that I've seen in the top 10 tradeouts. Um, Zach Lomax, 82 break even and facing the Roosters and the Eels. But um, we've seen his of run so far over the years six or seven weeks we just kept scoring tries and has also got the broncos titans and cowboys in consecutive weeks coming up uh rage trade what are they doing or do you agree oh no i i can't agree with that one he's even with his 22 he's averaging nearly 66 points a game which i think for most of us who started with him you you wouldn't have been predicting uh those levels of output and He's he's only one week removed from 123 against the Sharkies. Um, and looking at his scores, like if we're worried about tough opponents, he got 76 against the Raiders, 71 against the Roosters, um, 55 against the Panthers. So there's some pretty handy opposition where he scored really well. So um, I'm not put off by that. That's That's got rage slash luxury trade written all over it. I'm, I'm hanging on to him uh till the death uh, unless anything drastic changes there. Yeah, I just love the way he plays. He uh, Even last week, despite the, uh, the the poor super coach score, he did look dangerous a lot of the time there and um, did lose a lot of negative stats. So it won't happen every week. Definitely do not push that button. And finally, Hamizo, Tabuai Fido, he is on the – he's number three on the trade-out list here. He's obviously had a very – uh, a couple of down weeks here with uh, the, the job at fullback is obviously a tough one and it's a big ask of him, a young kid. Um, had a 15 last week like Sevo. He's, he's had a couple of low scores so far this year, but he's still, he's got a break even of 61. So in terms of an like urgent uh, sound the alarm, have to trade this guy out. You can definitely hang on to him for another week, particularly because he's got the Titans. Uh, so, yeah, what are your thoughts there? Do you reckon this is a week Hamizo bounces back and you should uh, keep holding on? Well, the the funny thing about uh, mentioning the Titans, they have a really good record this year, uh, this year against opposing fullbacks. So um, I, I haven't got the NRLC stats in front of me. Uh, one resource I also use is the uh, Three Wise Draftsman on Twitter. They do a three, five, and season breakdown uh, to individual positions. And I think last five rounds, Titans are second best against uh, defending against fullbacks. Uh, so that really shocked yeah. me. Um, so, Teddy was one of those as well. Jeez. Yeah, that um, that didn't in, that was for the previous round, so it didn't include uh, Teddy, but they still held Teddy to, I think, what do you update to? 80, 80 or 80-odd, 80 um, which... Like when you see Teddy against the Titans, you're thinking like record territory. So they've been pretty handy against the position, to be honest. So, um, hmm. yeah, that uh, that uh, definitely should be factored in when it, which is a weird thing to say for the Titans, but pretty stout against the fullbacks. 
Uh, mate, it's 2020. Anything can happen in this season. Who knows what we'll be talking about next week. But uh, no, interesting uh, interesting thoughts there. Definitely not the uh, immediate play anymore against the old Titans. It's uh, you're on my side, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, well, what a year it's been. Anyway, mate, let's finish off with our best bets for November. Uh, obviously trying to raise a bit of money for charity. We've had a dry spell. I think we had one get up last week. I'll have to go back and listen to the tape. But uh, still got a very nice kitty. And, uh, yeah, you're not a betting man, but uh, maybe that'll be just the luck we need here. Uh, who have you gone for your best bet of the week for November? So you're not going to like this one. Um I'm looking at the Titans 1-12 to against your boys and uh, the glorious return of uh, White Lightning Michael Morgan. So um, they've they've looked pretty good uh, against good opposition the last few weeks, and some would say they are a little bit unlucky. Uh, so 18-12 to a loss against the Roosters, and before that um, they had the Panthers 22-14, and we saw what uh, Penrith did last week. So... I reckon they're due. They don't have a great record against you. What was the stat you told me off air? 2015 was the last time. 2014, I believe it was. Down uh, 13-12, they beat us on the Gold Coast in uh, on 31st of March, 2014. Greg Bird kicking the uh, <laughs> field goal, as it were. So it's uh, oh, that, that's also the game that a, a brown snake got onto the, the pitch at Rabina. So uh, just looking back at the uh, the black and white archives in here to see how long ago it's been. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, interesting play. And uh, Brimson scoring a try. That's a pay in $8. So happy yeah. to put that one on. Or you mate. So that's one I said off air. So yeah, I, I reckon <laughs> if they're going to get up, um, I think Brimson's uh, a decent shout to go over in his uh, second game back after uh, <laughs> back fractures. So let's uh, let's pair those up, and that'll be my uh, best bet for the week. Oh, mate, good stuff. Uh, Bulldogs 13.5 at the line. Uh, they've been given a decent head start there, as well as Cam Munster scoring any time. So I think that's paying about $6 all up. But I, I like the Bulldogs here. I reckon they, can, uh, they showed up against Para last week. Uh, the Storm are all over the shop at the moment, so not sure what we're going to get out of them. But, um, yeah, all, all the laid outs just had me thinking this one might be closer than people think. Anyway, mate, it's been a, a long pod. We've had a lot to get through. It's been one of the bigger teamless Tuesdays of the year. Uh, carnage all over the shop. Who knows what – I think there's going to be some reverse trades uh, every hour of every day leading up to uh, Thursday night. I think it's a massive week in Supercoach. Fingers crossed for you. You get a full strength 17 out on the park. Uh, no laid outs. But um, in any case, you'll be the man we turn to for it. So uh, thanks, Stasi, and all the best for this round and the rest of the year. Yep, thanks, mate. Uh, thanks for having me on again. And I've uh, got to go and figure out what I'm doing with my team. So – yeah, fingers crossed we can we can get a decent 17 on the park. Uh, sounds good, mate. Thanks again. It's been a pleasure. And uh, just because it's White Lightning's return, we'll see it out with the usual. Uh, I'm not going to get you to sing. No, uh, don't need to worry there. <laughs> I, just, I was uh, waiting for it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> how about it? Give our love to a cowboy man. Michael Morgan is triumphant return. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Give love to a cowboy man.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.